Hello, namaste, and welcome to the Chris Abbe Podcast Show. I'm your host, Chris Abbe, corporate dropout, yoga entrepreneur, and father of three. My reason for doing this show is to connect with and learn from shining characters in our community who have forged a way to take their passion and make it happen. You may recognize some of them from their businesses in the area. You may even recognize some of them from practicing yoga inside our studio. The yogis call it Dharma. Most of us call it destiny. But whatever you call it, it takes inner strength to be true to who and what you really are. This week, my guest is Lucas Rockwood a yoga legend who has taught me so much. If you've ever come to practice in our studio, you'll feel his presence and unique teaching style in more ways than you'll even know. But decades ago, Lucas used to be a corporate lost soul, overweight, alcoholic, addicted to drugs, and unable to even look at his own reflection. Fast forward 15 years and he's lost the weight created a super healthy raw food eating flexible yoga body for himself and runs a massively successful global yoga training academy based originally out of a factory in california and now out of four luxury yoga studios in barcelona you can find out more about his programs at yogabody that's yogabody one word dot com here's his story So I was living in uh, New York City. I lived in New York City for about five or six years in my 20s. And I was working at a publishing company. I was working at Scholastic. It's a famous children's book publisher, the Harry, Harry Potter child, children's book publisher. And I just had some random marketing role. And um, again, one of those things that seems random. But again, I use a lot of my marketing skills now. But uh, I started working in publishing because this is what writers do in New York City. You work for a, a literary journal, a, a, you know, a literary agent, which I did. You work for a publisher. You work for theaters. You just try to figure out a way to, to get in the flow doesn't really work like that. But I was working at a publisher and I was pretty disillusioned. I was working in marketing and we were doing really boring, really lame marketing, like you know, Pizza Hut and, and consumer packaged goods. And we would stick them in child's magazines and the whole like consumer packaged good marketing in the US at least is pretty dirty business. You know, it's about infiltrating the early childhood market and getting these weird crappy products in front of kids and things like that. So I was pretty disillusioned by it. And, um, but it was a good time. It was a good time in the economy. I got, you know, I got to New York in 97 and by 99, right. 2000, things were just roaring and um, meaning there's just opportunity everywhere. Uh, the economy was just buzzing. There's lots of new startups. You know, it, was, it was the original dot-com period. And so it was a fun time to be working, but I was just completely lost. I was young. I didn't know what to do with myself. I had a really negative social group. So I was drinking a lot. I was doing a lot of drugs. And I wasn't sleeping much. And uh, I just developed a bunch of really bad habits. And I guess when I tell people this story, they're like, yeah, everybody in their early 20s does that. And I was like, yeah, but my story is a little bit different. I did it alone. I did it seven days a week. <laughs> you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, withdrawal symptoms, shakes, if I didn't drink by 7 p.m. and these kinds of things. So I got myself to a pretty, a pretty bad state. And um, I remember the moment when I realized, like, I'd really gone off the rails. And uh, I was walking into work. And I used to work on 555 Broadway, right, lower Manhattan. And in order to get into work, we had these key cards. And I had a key card and I had it flipped upside down so I didn't have to look at my own photo. And um, I've been doing that for over a year and a half. And I realized like one day that the guard asked me to take it out because he wanted to verify my photo. 
I looked at my face and it was just bloated and red. You know, I was alcoholic and drinking all the time. And I realized like, I'm at a stage where I don't even want to look at my own ID photo. You know, I'm in my early 20s, just a mess, you know. Fast forward a couple months later, uh, September 11th happens, which had a really big impact on me. I was living downtown at the time and uh, up, up my drinking, up my drug use. And, and December of 2001, right after September 11th, I ended up having a, a drug-related grand mal seizure right in front of both my parents in the middle of the day. I ended up in an ambulance. So I'm convulsing on the floor for 15 minutes. And, um, and it was just kind of a real moment of reckoning. You know, I'd seen that photo. I had a grand mal seizure, humiliated myself in front of my I just realized this, this is not the path that I wanted to go on. And so like a lot of people who come to yoga, you start looking for solutions. And you're hoping, you're just looking for something. I always say like, you know, when you're lost, you're kind of like a baby with an umbilical cord. You're looking for somewhere to kind of plug in. And I, I stumbled upon a yoga studio, friend, a girl dragged me to a yoga studio. And uh, I really was miserable. I hated it. I suffered and I felt like it was good. For me. The people who were there, I felt like they were like me, except maybe a couple of years further along in terms of getting control over their life and getting some direction, some positive focus. And it was a big part of my day. You know, back then classes were all 90 minutes long. And so, you know, by the time you get in, get out, it was, it was like two and a half, three hours of my day. And it really gave me something positive to focus on. And really quickly, I started making changes, lose some weight, quit drinking and, and quit drugs and, and change my friend group. And, and that's kind of how the whole ball started rolling. Wow. So would you say that the yoga came along at a time when your life was going in a direction you may not have chosen that childhood? And maybe yeah. it gave you an exit from where you were going. I mean, this is, this is something clearly I, I, I didn't know about this. I didn't know that part of your past. It, it's really mm. interesting because I only see, you know, as a student of yours, I only see the super healthy, super fit, <laughs> raw food eating, yoga teaching, you know, almost perfect being that you are. So it's, it makes <laughs> the story even more interesting to know you'd gone to such depths before you found a yoga studio, you introduced by a friend. I'm guessing two, three years in yoga when you started finding it made a positive difference in your life, it became a passion. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I, I think obsession is probably the right word. Obsession. Once I started going, I just went, I think I, I think I didn't miss a class for 380 days or something like that. And um, even after those 380 days, I mean, I probably do 360 classes in a year, probably for seven, eight years. You know, I just, um, you, you have this uh, addictive personalities. We have this ability to hyper-focus and just obsess about things. And, you know, at least for me, it's been possible to shift that into, into positive things. So I just took all that compulsion, that, that negative energy and just spun it into something that I knew would be good for me. And uh, it played out pretty well. I mean, I had lots of bumps and challenges in life along the way, but you know, for the most part, yoga's really given me, it's given me a, a lot of stuff to work on, whether it's the nervous system, the body, the breath or balance or, or flexibility, just so many different angles and all of it really, really comes back to how you feel at the end of the day. It's important to me, I guess a couple of things. Number one, it's important to me that the work I'm doing, I couldn't be replaced. And a lot of my most frustrating work that I've done in my past I realized like the reason I was frustrated is because I knew I was replaceable. Somebody else could take over and they could do just as good of a job. And, um, and the second thing is I just wanted to be able to make sure that my work, the, the hours I was putting in weren't dissolving. And this is what I felt like with, uh, when I only taught classes, felt like they'd kind of sizzle and pop, you know? And um, when I wasn't recording or archiving or writing down or systematizing things, that's kind of what I felt like. And so, um, 
Yeah, back so so back then I I learned really early how to how to teach online. So we've always had an online. But um, the thing that I tell everybody is, first thing is is you have to start right now. I like, don't wait. Everybody's always waiting. Just start right now. Start, 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 start before you're ready. <laughs> yeah, start before you're ready. Start before everything comes together. Start before you're confident. You just have to start right now. And then second is utilize every resource that you have, whatever you have. You got an empty room. You got a nice white wall, wall behind you. You got an iPhone 11, whatever you've got. Use, use all of that. And also use all your contacts. Call everybody you know. Call in favors. And then you just have to not stop until you get it right. It's funny. I was thinking today. It's like my early trainings. I just remember the the shade that the students would throw on me for little things you know like you said this badly or you were nervous like and they would just um they beat me up you know it's the only way to get to good is to go through bad and me bad was still good i mean a lot of my early trainees are still teaching but wow you really have to be willing to take it and um these days especially when you put yourself out there online wow the trolls come after you tell you your hair looks funny or your shirt's not tucked in i mean they really come after you and you have to be um you really just have to be really persistent because you get beat up pretty quickly. And, um, and if you get really focused on that, so start right now, use every single resource that you have available, whether it's tech or people, or, and, then, and then you just have to be resilient. It's the only way, because it's tough. Yoga market's mean, like people are not, there's this idea that it's friendly markets, really competitive and people are really, really cruel, especially when you're first finding your feet, you know? Like who's this new guy out there, you know, trying to put a flag in the ground? Yeah, wow. Some big lessons in there for me personally, I have to say. Where would you see yourself if you were to project forward after COVID, maybe six, 12, 24 months, what do you mm. see the future of your business and the world that your business sits in? I mean, really the, the thing that I've, it's taken me a really long time to realize, which is just to really own my role as a teacher and just realize like, this is what really lights me up in, in life is teaching. And the reason I like to teach is because I like to learn. And so my whole focus, really, the whole thing that I'd like to be remembered for and the impact that I'd like to have is teaching. I manufacture props and we distribute things all around the world and we have studios and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it doesn't light me up even 10% of what a good teaching moment does. And so my real focus is on improving my own teaching, which is just this constant, constant process of clarity, of communication of public speaking of writing of organization presentation all of those things and really just establishing a, a really really strong foundation for professional yoga training programs which still to this day is really pretty lacking when i started teaching it was bad it, it's gotten marginally better in the past 17 years but not very remarkable and what i mean by that is if some random recent trainee from your random program walks in through the door most of them can't teach a class uh, they don't know about customer service they don't even understand they're in the service business most of them are 100 percent self-focused they want to talk to me about their next vipassana meditation retreat or whatever it is they, they're just not they're not professionals and um that's great for them and their gap year or whatever they're doing but for the rest of us and for the community, I just don't think that's really of service. And so I get excited about education. Um, and it's something that I really got excited about later in life was just constantly learning, constantly teaching. And I hope to build a, a, a yoga training program that has a, a really huge impact. I mean, already we have, I don't know, something crazy. I think we have 7,000 certified teachers around the world or something, but um, it's not really about quantity, but it is about impact and systemization and simplification of learning so that people actually understand things you know it's like i took calculus and trigonometry in school i don't remember any of that stuff you know good for me these fancy classes with 
PhD teachers and things like that. It didn't really, didn't really land. And a lot of yoga is like that. People battling on about the yoga sutras or samadhi or, or the eight limbs or whatever. And none of it really lands. And so I'm always just focused on how can I make practical, professional training that actually has an impact on the teachers who can then have an impact on their communities. And the, the scalability of that is really dramatic. You know, it just takes one graduate who goes out, builds a community, whether it's a studio like you've done or somebody who builds an online community, somebody who writes a book, somebody who creates an app. And suddenly the impact is, you know, 300, 500, 10,000 people who are picking up real life practical skills for managing your nervous system, for self-care, for, for, for stress management, for long-term health and wellness. So that, that, yeah, you know, it's interesting for uh, the past uh, 10 years, at least every single course, I always tell people that there's only two things that matter in yoga business. And that's you, it's your knowledge, your skills, your ability, and then your community. And the community part is the thing that people get confused about. They think it has to do with four walls. I think it has to do with fancy like recycled floors or whatever silliness we have. Nobody cares. Nobody really cares. And um, I've been telling people this for so long and they're like, yeah, but you have yoga studios. I was like, yes, and no one cares. My kids don't care. Nobody cares. They care about your community. And so um, I, I don't want to tell you it wasn't a loss for me. I mean, I've cried my tears. I've lost you know, uh, more money than Have I'd you? like to even speak about. Yeah, yeah, huge, huge. But at the same time, uh, I was really learning my own lesson. I, I was not deluded about the, 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 the volatility of this business. But I think the biggest mistake that people are making is they're becoming progressive people are becoming incredibly conservative with their thoughts. And this is a bad idea. Uh, I can't tell you how many people, I, I, I'll give you an example right now. I have a student in the UK. She emails me every other week. She's like, when are you going to open up? You said you'd have in-person training. I want to buy my tickets. They're on sale. <clears throat> I'm like, you don't understand. Like we're all in masks. My kids have been home for school for four months. We have like, there's 30,000 people dead. You're not paying attention. Like the world has changed, <laughs> you know, the world has changed. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it wasn't what you planned. Me neither. Now let it go. You just have to really look around and let it go. And, um, and so that's the dark side is really, you just have to cry your tears and take the loss and realize there is a loss. The world, like we knew it is not here anymore and it won't come back the same way. It's just not going to be the same. How it will play out, we're not sure. But on the positive side, interest yes. in health and wellness has exploded. I mean, you mentioned you were in a class with 300 people. I just had a class last weekend. We capped out at a thousand. These are the biggest classes I've ever taught in my life. Um, there's more people interested in yoga than ever before. There's people, I mean, we're just bombarded with interest in yoga, but it's different. And people say, oh, but I don't like teaching on camera. Good for you. I'm like, I don't like teaching in gyms either, but you know what? If there's 30 people in a gym who want to, who want to come to my class, I'm going to a gym. You know what I mean? And so people get really caught up on what it, things used to be like and how people should get along. Nobody cares. Right? The world's changing. Get over it. Put on your mask and get over it. But it's something and it's something. And at the end of the day, though, you can't force people to do things. People still ride motorcycles without helmets. They still, you know, uh, you know, in my country, they have guns and the, the kid in the backseat shoots his mom with a gun. Um, it happens all the time, you know, it happens all the time. Um, in terms of how do I get a thousand people in a class? You know, it's, it's really, uh, it's just a long time coming. I've been doing this for 17 years. I have, I have people who've, who still are in touch with me from 17 years ago in New York city, you know? And so it's just, it's just, there's no real shortcut to it. Um, except just, like I said, just don't stop until you find traction. So start right now, use every resource you have and just don't stop until you find that traction. It's not going to happen right away. It took, it just takes a, a really long time. If I knew how much work it took to be successful, 
I don't know that I would have even followed this path. It's really been hard. You know, it's really, really been hard. And so I think ignorance is really helpful when you first get into these things, because if you knew starting going out on your own is just so, so difficult. That's why I really, when people um, criticize big businesses, whether it's Amazon or, or Procter and Gamble or whatever it is, I'm like, do you have any idea how hard I have? I mean, I have this little thing that I've created is so hard to build. I can't even imagine what it's like to build some monster like that. And so many people can just go to work and go home and, and they can buy a house and all these things. And that, that, that stability is, is remarkable. I understand they get into some trouble, but these big businesses are also remarkable. But how do you get a thousand people in class? Yeah, I just teach for 17 years. And, and you'll probably, you'll probably have 5,000, you'll probably have 5,000 in your class. So. Um, so all of our courses are at yogateacherscollege.com. I have a podcast, lucasrockwoodshow.com. And uh, in terms of favorite course, I guess I, I just like the stuff where I get to work with people for a longer period of time. So we're, we have our 200 hour course, which is online now. And so we work with people for eight weeks. So in a couple hours here, I'll go online with students all around the world, uh, me and five other trainers, four other trainers. And, um, and I guess I like that program the most simply because of the, the depth that we can get into. We go really, really deep. People make huge transformations, but I like, I like right now, I currently like everything that I do. And I, when I don't like a course, I either fix it or, or dump it. We've certainly done that over the years. Um, but really it's, it's a, like I said earlier, it's about finding something that you can do that at least no one else can do at the same level. And so right now, at least I found a sweet spot where the things I'm doing, I feel like I'm really, I'm not competing with anybody. I just feel like I'm adding value to the, the community, the yoga community, which is really my goal. I don't want to compete. I just want to add something to what other people are doing. So, Wow. Do you know, Lucas, I really feel like I could talk to you all day. I do have more questions, but <laughs> I'm going to stop it there. I would say thanks very much. Um, I'd also say, like, please, could you send my love and regards to Camilo and Katie as well. I don't know yeah, well, the yeah. team. I remember them from when I came to Barcelona to sure. work with you. I wish you a lot of luck and a lot of love. And um, the last question I'm going to ask you, and you can say yes or no, it's entirely up to you. <laughs> um, would you come back and be a, um, a guest on our show once again some other time? Sure, let's do it. <laughs> awesome. Lucas, thank you very much. Thank you. I think you'll agree that Lucas's story is inspirational. He turned his life around and took his passion and made it happen. He's now influencing so many people positively around the planet. It's hard to see it when you speak to him because he is so modest and so introverted, but his knowledge and his beauty shines from inside. He's the man who taught me breath coaching as a science. He's the man who taught me how to teach people aerial yoga. And he's also the man who taught me the new art of gravity yoga. If you'd like to know more about him, you can find him at yogabody.com. Next week, I'll be talking to a man who started life out as a PE teacher in Virginia in some backwater little town in America that no one had ever heard of. By the time I'd met him, he was an international speaker on the world stage. And since I met him, he's become a TEDx speaker and influenced the lives of thousands of people around the world through just mastering the words that they use. His name is Mark England. He's the CEO of Procabulary. And if you'd like to know how to make your language stand out and change your life, tune in to my next show. Until then, live happily. <laughs>